0: Hey, this is Classical Reboot. Progressive talks on Western classical music.
1: Does this sound better? Yes. Cool. Okay. What is Am that? Peaking. That's original sound. I turned it on.
0: Oh yeah. No, mm-hmm. you sound you sound great. I can also control your level on
1: yeah i just want to make sure i'm not like like i just want to make sure i'm not like massively peaking so i just fuck up your your processing no
0: no yeah no you're good that sounds great sounds (sighs) sounds like a million bucks
1: well i only spent you know a few on this whole setup so (laughs) i'll take it uh
0: yeah um have you do you know what the deal is with like um Christian scientists.
1: This is like the opening to a Seinfeld bit. So what's the deal with Christian scientists? No,
0: I like, I, and I haven't checked it on the wiki yet, but I, I drove past, and this is about the first time I've driven past like a a, a church of Christian scientists or whatever, but I was just like. This
1: is different than Scientology. I just want to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 This is like, I, the, I looked at that specific church's website and like part of their mission statement is that I, I guess this particular branch of Christianity is trying to bring back the healing powers of Christ, like legitimately bring back, you know, the the ability to heal anything, which I, I think that's a very that's like a virtuous thing to do. But at the same time, it's
1: look, if you're calling yourself the Church of Christian Science and I see that you were founded right around the time of the American Industrial Revolution, I'm out nothing good can come of this church was founded in 1879 by a white woman nope nope not going well not gonna go well this is racist this has to be racist uh
0: yeah i mean uh, yes as as most things based in yes as most things based in western european traditions tend to be uh based in racism and colonialism and all that good stuff yeah, but you know, <laughs> speaking of racism oh, wow. and Western we... <laughs> colonialism, welcome to Classical Reboot. Uh, we're your hosts. I'm Austin <laughs> and I'm Matt <laughs> Un unintended unexpected se- segue slash cold open right there. It's going to be it's going to be
1: great. Yeah, we cold opened with "What's the deal with Christian scientists?" So I'm glad that we're we're now ready for the big time. We can write a sitcom. <laughs>
0: if there's anybody that goes to a Christian, there is. I don't know what. What would you call, call it?
1: Like, a like church a, of Christian science. But an
0: individual that attends that, like what? A Christian uh, scientist. There it is. Thank you. I'm. I'm just being an idiot. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't imagine there's many of you out there, and if you are, I doubt you're listening to this. But um, hey, drop a line, let us know what's up. Uh, because
1: apparently they've they've look okay. So I'm just reading the Wikipedia about these people. I'm sorry <laughs> to cut you off, but they do believe that reality is purely spiritual, and the world, the material world, is an illusion. So that's kind of fun.
0: That's that's I, I can I, I can, forget what that's yeah.
1: called, but there are I mean there are th- other religions that. Prescribed to this belief. I would
0: say that's just like very metaphysical, very like leaning into your like metaphysical being uh, and like that whole spiel.
1: Yeah, but then uh, the problem is, is that this me they they take this to the extreme that says disease is a mental error uh, rather than a oh. physical disorder to be treated Oh no. so <laughs> any disease can be prayed away oh no no <laughs> apparently
0: wait that's so misleading in the name too it's like we're scientists but we don't believe in modern
1: medicine I mean, at the time of founding this probably constituted th- science. I mean, not back, really. I mean, we had much better science. We knew, like, how shit worked.
0: Yeah, but also um, doctors were still prescribing, like, cocaine and, uh, you know, hey, other... that was
1: a good idea. I don't uh, care what <laughs> anybody says. Bring it back.
0: I'm not... I Yeah, I'm, I'm not here I'm to no knock post. it, but...
1: <laughs> look, they were also prescribing pop back then, and look where we are now. Full Do, circle, baby. Did you see that
0: Canada's uh, doing a trial of decriminalizing, like, cocaine and other like what would otherwise be schedule 1 drugs uh classified by the United States
1: uh decriminalizing them has worked in other places from Truly. What I've seen. so yeah. yeah um yeah
0: i just basically thought, the yeah.
1: idea is like that allowing like a safe way to consume these drugs allows people the opportunity to one not die from them and then two actually Be able to seek help at some point,
0: right? Because they're alive
1: and don't feel so stigmatized and worry about arrest that they can actually go and seek help for their their addiction. Yeah, it's Um, it
0: totally leans more into like rehabilitation than like you know, yeah, like you said, stigmatizing, criminalizing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Um, So
1: it will never happen in our country. Never. Um, uh, (laughs) Every year, I'm like, man, you can't just. Yeah.
0: Every year, it's just. should I move to Canada is 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 the question.
1: <laughs> I need to brush up my Norwegian and try and get a job in an orchestra there.
0: Oh, there it is. That's the I play. I don't
1: want a job in an orchestra, but I'll take one to get out of this shithole.
0: There it is. Well, speaking of shitty stuff in America, um, I thought it would be a fun topic to bring up these uh, two non-American composers that became... I never actually. I actually don't know if they become naturalized citizens. But um, today we're
1: Stravinsky gonna, might have.
0: Yeah, yeah. Today we're going to talk about Stravinsky and Schoenberg um, as a oh,
1: great pronunciation. <laughs> um,
0: and uh, yeah, if I'm actually curious about that now, uh, this is why we need a um, a Jamie. Um,
1: we don't need Well, we need we. We'll have a
0: Oh, true, we have,
1: true. We have we have something better than a Jamie.
0: Yes, this is true. We'll get it. We'll get an Adrian on the show and uh, fact check us a little bit. Not too much though, because that 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 won't go well. Um,
1: that ruins everything. <laughs> uh, no, I yeah, you did get American citizenship. 1945. There it is. Uh, Igor yeah, Stravinsky. Th- that is. Y-
0: yeah, yeah, and then I'd be surprised if Schoenberg did because he was so pr- would I. pretty. Wait, did he? You lived here long enough.
1: Became an American citizen in 1941. There it is. All right. Wow. So yeah, we're talking about two people who moved from interesting circumstances to uh, to uh, become citizens of our fucked up nation.
0: I mean, even I mean, Stravinsky had the weirdest route because he went from Russia. To Paris, to, to, yeah, yeah, to Paris, yeah, to Paris, to
1: here, and to.
0: I, yeah. I know he he was at the Paris Conservatory, but I don't know if he ever actually like studied or like became a citizen of Paris. I I doubt it. Maybe he was you just there France. France, thank you, thank you.
1: The the country that Paris is famously in and the capital of.
0: No, no man, no man. It's his own sovereign nation that you can become a. I
1: mean, Parisians <laughs> might lead you to think that truly.
0: Um, all right, so but anyway, I think it's funny to pit these two as uh, star-crossed lovers, even though it's definitely not the case, um, and mostly not with that
1: attitude, <laughs> uh,
0: mostly due to just like their history of being very um, spiteful and uh, seemingly at each other's wits with one another.
1: So it's like the early uh, Bulez uh, Cage thing. It
0: is. Yeah, yeah. Um and we'll we'll get kind of into that a little bit, but for those who don't know Stravinsky was a Russian composer, uh, born in 19th and,
1: um, Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) He was probably born in the 1800s. Yeah. I think
0: you're right. Late 1800s. Um, and he, uh, wrote famous works such as the, uh, the firebird suite and, um, the red of spring Petrushka, Breaks progress. Uh, I don't know. Got any others? Yeah, ironically, off?
1: those those first three you listed are all from like a span of like what a few years. That's like his early period, and he never really went back to that. So this
0: is true. Yeah, uh, I will say that those are probably some of his more performed works these days.
1: Oh, easily. If you were
0: yeah, if you were familiar with the uh, dinosaur scene from Fantasia, that is the Rite of Spring. So um, that's that. And he, um, yeah, kind of flipped the music on its head and did what he wanted to do. Um, I personally am a huge fan of him. I, I've studied his music time and time again. Um, there's a quote of his that I think I want to get into a bit more later, but it's something along the lines of, Harmony doesn't interest me, but Counterpoint does. And I, myself, kind of identify with that in my own writing. So, um, again, more on that later, probably. So Schoenberg um, was similar age and similar clout of the time. He, um, however, was... Is he from Germany or Austria?
1: He's he's Austrian.
0: Austrian. There it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, so he uh, originally from Austria and um, developed uh, basically the extent of the German school of music. And by that, he took uh, Wagner's chromaticism and otherwise and, and Brahms and Beethoven before Strauss. that and Strauss and just kind of pushed it to the nth degree um by means of expanding harmony to a place of complete atonality um very deliberately um that Mm -hmm. is that is a key distinction here because people may argue um that stravinsky's music is also atonal um which I would actually argue it's not it's it's modal and has other stuff going on uh, but 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 uh, like,
1: it's not in keys but it, yeah it's in modes it, it's it in modes hurts. yeah it's that whole neoclassical thing that he's doing
0: right but the the main difference being that um, Schoenberg was deliberately trying to remove any amount of tonality or harmony or functional harmony from his music um, while he was doing it so. Uh, fast forward X amount of years, these two, uh, get to know each other, obviously, or get to know of one another. And, uh, from what I can tell, um, and maybe it's just the way the articles I, I read were written or like the bias towards them, but, uh, it really sounds like Schoenberg was the, uh, like aggravator in this whole like feud between the two of them. <laughs>
1: See, that doesn't surprise me, though. Same, like, yeah. He's he's very <laughs> protective of what he does, and he's very, like, that whole, like, and, and what uh, Schoenberg, Arnold Schoenberg established is called the Second Viennese School, for those who don't know. Um, And it's, that's that school of atonality, the 12-tone thing, and, like, all that stuff. Right. And... He was very dogged in his defense of it. Oh, yeah. And and I I also feel like sometimes that led to him kind of lashing out at people. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, it was in general, just very steeped in dogma, very steeped in this idea of, like, this is what's right. You know, this is... It kind of harkens back to what we were talking about earlier about Wagner's views on, like, what true music is and who can write real music. Um, I think Schoenberg wasn't as, like outwardly do it yeah yeah he wasn't as outwardly anti-semitic or shitty as wagner but as we mentioned earlier he is of that lineage in similar schools so and as we know uh you know things that are steeped in one pot and brought into the other are often gonna have a similar taste so
1: uh, yeah. So we're, yeah, but, I mean, so, there's nothing to suggest he's antisemitic.
0: No, not that I know of. Um, I mean, I'm sure that yeah. some grad student out there has um, proposed a thesis on the subject, but, uh, not the topic today. Um, maybe another time, another place. I'm not terribly interested in going down that route though. Um, so why are we talking about these two, these two, uh, historically and, um, notoriously, um, bickered I mean, and was
1: jewish wasn't he i
0: don't know
1: sorry just like to no. to, to kind of like no sorry. i don't i'm just <laughs> no that's
0: i i mean no i have no idea um
1: i think he was um <laughs> just because that's like caught in my mind now i'm just like he is i'm like wait no he, he is jewish actually okay
0: um yeah moving oh. on, well then, moving right then, along. then the mystery salt that's all, that's all we have to talk about which is well you know um we'll just leave it at that again maybe a conversation for another time um but these two um were kind of the the leading um like the leaders of the modernist movement of that time. So, and, and there's, there's other names that um, one could bring into the conversation as well. But um, these two just had, and and honestly, like I said, I like to put them as star crossed lovers and it's mostly because it's just the way they talk about each other's music. Sometimes I'm like, it's not quite insulting as it is like uh, a backhanded compliment, you know? And so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I'm in this, like, I think I'm in this, I'm in the, um, camp that I believe both of them respected each other to an extent, but, um, the, the big thing is that, um uh, Schoenberg thought he was writing music for the future and what people in the future would be, uh, um, enjoying and creating and all that stuff and whereas stravinsky was um he both thought this and schoenberg also like commented on it where uh, stravinsky uh time and time again um said he's writing music for now he is writing music for the moment he is writing it for what it is and so that's why you actually see um uh stravinsky writing a lot more Um, I guess you could call them dramatic pieces, but like he wrote opera, but he also wrote a lot of ballet. Um, three of the pieces I mentioned earlier are ballets. Um, and so that's just that, um, that could also do with the fact that he was in France when he wrote them and ballet was a pretty big deal in France at the time. So, uh, and he's
1: Russian and he's Russian. Big deal in Russia, right? And wasn't it? Know, there's a huge Russian tradition of ballet. I'm
0: trying to remember the choreographer. I think it was Nijinsky was the like choreographer that he worked with um, largely.
1: Yeah, there was there was one like famous choreographer that he worked with in Paris. Um, yeah, yeah. And that uh, was who did the choreography for Wright and for, I think Firebird.
0: Right. right. Um, mm-hmm. And then Stravinsky was also like kind of codified into this. Uh, these other movements like of exoticism and things like that because people (laughs) they're like oh uh, you know um an altered scale or uh um oh shit why 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 like
1: using he used modes a lot or like using like things that kind of harked back to right or like quote unquote more primitive thing right uh, right a very Western European way of putting it. Uh,
0: (laughs) No, totally. And that's the whole thing. It's like the exoticism music is, or not music, exoticism movement is very steeped in what we mentioned earlier of, you know, Western civilization deeming what is exotic and what is uh, uh, non-exotic quote-unquote. So, um, but, you know, nothing in my research or readings of him, you know, suggests that he's trying to Harken to these, like, you know, that that aesthetic of like ex- exoticism. Um, yes, the rite of spring uh, references a bunch of paganism, but it's literally about a human sacrifice. So,
1: yeah, it's he's not. It's not light touch. It's very like this is what it is, <laughs> yeah. and this is this is how I'm going to express that. I'm going to use a lot of things that relate back. To that, you right,
0: know, so. right, and and there's also just like a lot of themes of nature in his music in general, mm-hmm. and I think that's yeah. I think that's probably just personal taste of his, where he's just like, yeah, you know, it's firebird, it's about forest fire, and I. Yeah you know it's a dramatic event phoenix
1: rise from ashes yes
0: <laughs> um so that's you know that was kind of stravinsky's uh deal and then later on in his uh, neoclassical era he he really started to write more opera um which is more a lot more directly you know dealing with uh you know dramatic scenes and and what have you um where as schoenberg uh just loved to write tone rows and figure out how to make them all work or not work um and he had some I, i really i tried to dig deep for it like i i look uh i even dug up my old uh um j store login to see if i could find a, a thing for it but um i there's... think i
1: have your textbook on 20th century oh i should get that back
0: Theory. to you when i'm back in town actually <laughs>
1: yeah you should i was i was gonna say remind me <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> uh no so um schoenberg no stravinsky had this quote about schoenberg's piece pierre lenaire which is his first freely atonal work meaning he wasn't even using tone rows at this point but he was just throwing paint against the wall and seeing what was sticking basically Um, and it basically tells the story of uh, Puro a a, a sad clown uh, morning in the night Um, and that's (laughs) that's about it there's there's a few other characters in there but that's, that's the gist of it is you're just listening to um some weird uh sprex demo, which is like speech sing um codified by schoenberg um and this dude is uh yeah just just mourning about whatever he's mourning about um and so that that was that but i can't remember what the quote is exactly but stravinsky said he's something along the lines of like it's not for me but Pierre Linaire is is the mark of modern music currently. Yeah. Like he, but I think
1: that's that's something about Schoenberg that I think I definitely agree with. It's like it's it ain't for everybody. Yeah. It's it's not. Yeah. But at that point in time it was very much so like it was in that modernist art aesthetic. So I think you know, along the, with like the way yeah. like visual art was shifting so much to be right. much less about like the, the national, the nationalism, the romanticism, mm-hmm. it's shifting into this more
0: expressionism,
1: abstract, yeah, abstract, expressionist, like even away from expressionist to cubism, you know, it's right. moving in these weird directions that people are finding very uncomfortable um, and are more or less. I, I think a, a lot of it comes down to the post-World War One thing of like, right. wow. That was awful yeah and how do we grapple with how bad that was? yeah and, and that's kind of actually I think a little bit where like that like 12 tone thing comes from is
0: yeah it it, it was I, I feel like that there were two reactions to the first world war there there's like Dadaism which was like, Nothing makes sense. So we don't have to make sense. And every, they're just doing like a bunch of nonsense uh, art and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a bunch of art that was like, we must find order in organization and meaning because otherwise.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, lordy uh
1: <laughs> otherwise we have nothing right
0: right, right. yeah and I th- it's funny like not to not to stereotype but like i feel like that's the very german response to be like no there must be order there must be like reason for this
1: <laughs>
0: uh just like yeah, like
1: attempting to create order out of it and like yeah right
0: just like culturally speaking it's uh that it seems like a very german or like austrian uh way to to go about that um, so, uh, so these two are like in the early like ish, early mid twentieth uh, century, having like success. Um, I think Schoenberg becomes a little jealous of Stravinsky because he Stravinsky moved to Hollywood um, before Schoenberg did, and Stravinsky was just um, being offered like movie deals like left and right to write for stuff. He only accepted one after. Uh, being like basically coerced and like very very doted on about it, um, but I can't remember the movie or the uh, the uh, individual or the director. But um, <laughs> Stravinsky was like, okay, it'll take me a year to write the music, and then the director, <laughs> 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 the director was like, uh, okay, never mind. Uh, so I don't think he actually wrote for many film. Um, but he was like uh, very held in high esteem in Hollywood. Um, where Schoenberg was kind of tucked away in academia, he was a professor at UCLA and um, mm-hmm. and continued to just kind of work on his process of like writing. And that, that that's another thing where Stravinsky um, would call him out and be like, "This music um, is meant for a laboratory, but in practice, it doesn't," you know, really mean anything or doesn't really amount to anything which uh, is
1: a criticism you know that that has continued through yes. much of like very modernist music and and stuff that stays on that on that edge mm-hmm. um yeah to, and be it, fair, to be fair to be fair to stravinsky that that point has kind of stood for a while
0: no totally it's and it's not an unfair point um because unless yeah. you're like yeah in the know, or if you're aware of this, you know, music or what it's, I don't know. I believe you don't need to understand how the music, you know, you know, you don't need to watch the sausage being made to enjoy it kind of deal. Um, but it doesn't hurt, I guess. Um, because I think I've, I've, I've seen I think it, was, it wasn't It was Purelin there. It was another one of Schoenberg's um, seminal pieces, Verlich Nacht, um, for string sextet,
1: I want to say. For Nacht?
0: Yes, thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, what is. I want to say. Is that
1: technically string orchestra? I've...
0: Uh, Maybe. It's. Y- thought, yeah, it's. Uh... I thought it was like double everything except cello. I think that's the instrumentation.
1: I honestly don't really know. Um, Oh, yeah, it is a string sextet.
0: Yeah, I I can't remember what's doubled and what's omitted. But um, so anyway, so that I've seen some public performances of that before, um, and it's actually pretty well received. And this actually so this this brings me to this point.
1: It is also a very early work what i
0: understand bingo exactly so it's still into this incredibly chromatic style of writing where oftentimes as a listener you might feel lost in terms of like where's the melody where's home base in terms of like key or sonority um however um the one thing schoenberg has that i guess stravinsky had got eventually so i, I think their careers kind of went in different directions because um, Schoenberg's early stuff is incredibly tonal, very, uh, much focused on the traditions of like Western German or not Western German, like Western classical music based in like a, a German tradition. Um, yeah, it's ha-
1: very Brahms, very Wagner, yeah. like more and more chromaticism. Like it's all, it's all yeah. in um, and And yeah.
0: it's, and it's beautifully orchestrated and like, you know, like it, And that's why, like, I, I, I have respect for both composers and it's honestly hard for me to, I, I think I prefer Stravinsky, but I really enjoy a lot of Schoenberg's um, early works for that reason, because you're just like, and you're almost kind of caught off guard because you're, you, if you know his later works where he's moving away from tonality, uh, and you listen to that, you're just like, dang, uh, like he's obviously has chops and he knows what he's doing. Um. So and I, I think that just truly it's not that it was ever a question, but that just really like confirms that uh, he was really just taking this tradition and trying to push it to like another direction and do is just see what could happen. Um, and with that being said, like he developed um, this idea of serialism, um, which we then see. Uh, serialism is, uh, where you predetermine, uh, events in music and, um, the base line of that is serializing notes. So you, um, can't play one note, uh, in the 12 note scale until you've gone through all of them, kind of there's ways to bend and break this rule, but that's at its basis what it is. So you're trying to give equal importance to all notes, basically. Um, that's that uh, later on um, some fuckers decided that'd be a cool idea to do that to dynamics to instrumentation to mm-hmm. like all, all these because
1: people uh, were like what if we randomized it all it was great <laughs> i loved
0: uh, it yeah <laughs> um this is when we start to see like stockhausen and um Boulez and um cage and cage and a few others and uh babbitt feldman i don't know there's there's a lot of other stuff going on there um or a lot of other people who become interested in it. Again, all of these people more or less existing in an academic realm. So this is where I mean if you if you really want to point a finger at the dude who started like the the complexity of modern music in like music academia it wouldn't be too far fetched to throw it at Schoenberg. I'm not here to like <laughs> i don't know you shouldn't
1: do that but like if someone told you to point at somebody and there were no consequences <laughs> he's the guy to point at.
0: yeah so it's 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 interesting you know it's just an interesting observation so he uh because of this exploration into extended tonality into you know extended harmony um We got further... We strayed further away from the sun.
1: Um, (laughs) Truly. We we flew too close to the sun and melted our our wings. uh, Yeah, uh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. The chromaticism just went too far. So
0: uh, uh, Stravinsky, uh, in his later career, actually um, started to dabble in a little bit of serialism and stuff. I think it's like... I think it's a piece of his called Piano Rag where like it, there's like an ostinato like um, surprise,
1: uh, surprise.
0: Yeah. Like an, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, ostinato, like 12 tone row in the bass or something. And then he's like just doing some like noodling on top of that basically. But it's, it, so it's not like, I don't know. It's interesting because I think, and who's to say, you know, Stravinsky was kind of a kind of a fucker uh like just kind of a a jokester of a dude um and you might have just been like messing around and came up with something that he liked so that's that but
1: you i feel like he's also not like too attached to his idea like his his composition idea compositional ideas at that point in time to be like above just like fuck it i'll try it out like those people the kids are doing this what's it all about
0: well and it's yeah and it it also kind of goes back to that thing i mentioned earlier of like you know him being interested in counterpoint not harmony so i could totally see it like (laughs) him exploring like counterpoint with that kind of stuff where you have like independent lines going uh and Yeah, it's so it's not that again, it's not that they were unrelated, but um, they both had two pretty you know different ideas on how it is. Um, furthermore, uh, they lived about a mile away in Hollywood, um, and they would (laughs) consistently play pranks on each other, um, which I just further adorable exactly,
1: absolutely adorable. It just
0: like further confirms my you know theory that they were just like either. You know, just broed down in the in the most wholesome way when nobody was looking, or star-crossed lovers that you know could never uh, <laughs> reach their potential. Which is why I'm I'm putting the I'm putting the plug out there. Um, if anybody, and this is where the the Twitter account comes in. If anybody wants to sketch a drawing of Schoenberg and Stravinsky making out with each other, I will get it tattooed on me um so please uh um, shit i'm gonna
1: have to actually promote this one on twitter (laughs) (laughs)
0: um i i will 100 percent get this tattoo um so please give me your give me your best drawings give me your best sketches um i think it'd be super cute get it right on my ankle it'll be it'll be a cutie one it'll be a cute one um yeah, because like I, I don't again, I don't think they hated each other and uh, a lot and a lot of this comes from like this. The stigma of them being like pitted against each other, I think also comes from uh, press.
1: Um, I was going to say it's much more a media thing. And, uh-huh. like, uh, it's just like uh, these are these are the two like dominant like they, they came to re- represent like the two dominant like compositional ideologies of yeah. like, let's say, like pre World War Two. Yep, like after World War II, I think neither one of them is really in the limelight.
0: So actually, so we um, we oh we, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. What, you, what you gonna say, <laughs> uh It's interesting because you know United States and Russia aren't really friends after World War II, um, and yeah. everyone's like, hey, isn't this Stravinsky dude from Russia? And so there's actually quite a bit of propaganda against him as like a composer Mm -hmm. it never amounts to anything um i think he as a person just probably shrugs it off as like well i've literally been here forever so what do you want from me like
1: also (laughs) he hadn't lived in russia for like decades at that point like prior to moving to the u.s he lived in france for a while russians weren't too enamored with the whole like vibe of his music that wasn't like the russian school thing um and they had it hadn't been for extent. a while also because like the, the communism communist party takeover yeah I, stalin's it's, whole it, thing it's eww, it's,
0: you know. it's um because and now that i remember this um you're totally right he was born in the 1800s because and you totally see it in his music because stravinsky studied with mazorsky um, yeah. and that's that's really where you see that style you know you know the Tchaikovsky-Mazorsky kind of you know where you, you're you have a motive and you work with it and you beat it to death and then you have a big a big hurrah with with strings in <laughs> unison and it sounds like a million dollars um, oh yeah but don't, don't you just love the ending of Chaik 4 though I mean come on me, com, com, me come on it's such a banger
1: I don't want to play it <laughs>
0: All right? It's such a banger. Oh, God. God.
1: It's just like getting hit over the head with a fucking hammer. It's kind of the point, though. All the time. <laughs> Holy shit. Trike 6, my God, that fourth movement is just all over the place. It's so sad. It's so sad, though. It's it's just... It,
0: breaks my heart. There's just
1: so many things all over the place in, in Tchaikovsky symphonies that I... I I have a hard time taking them seriously.
0: I feel you, um, but, also. but I've also
1: performed like a couple of them, so I'm like also. I'm <laughs> lost in the sauce at this point. I'm I'm in the forest and I'm only looking at the tree. Like,
0: <laughs> so um, that's funny. Uh, no, so it's like it's interesting how his music was of like a Russian descent, but mm-hmm. certainly not that of like post World War II uh you know russia and that's when he started to get like Even your...
1: post world war 1 russia Right, like that's that's right. the other thing is like once you have really once you hit like the 30s and stalin really starts hitting his stride um <laughs> you know stravinsky's just definitely not in the in the he's not the vibe he's just not it's
0: I mean, cra- it's crazy though shostakovich
1: like shostakovich was barely the vibe like they were oh yeah he was on a he was on the edge a lot
0: so yep, yep and and i like to bring this up now that's it's not unrelated but it's not super related how um prokofiev was living in the united states and then uh stalin wrote him a letter it was like hey come back and i'll make you a superstar and he was like okay and he did Went it back and then stalin died on his birthday and uh <laughs> and nothing ever happened with him and it's so sad because uh Prokofiev wrote the music for Peter and the Wolf which the music in that you know um animation is just, it's so amazing i love it so much
1: oh yeah it's so good
0: so like all of the other like disney animations of that time could have been scored by Prokofiev and they could have been amazing but instead he went back Is the motherland? I did a Russian or a German accent there for some reason. Yeah, you nailed
1: it. You nailed nailed the German accent. (laughs) All good.
0: Thanks, Ben. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, big bummer on that. I don't know Russian. We could just do a whole thing on um, Russian composers because a lot of them have kind They're of tra- they have tragic lives. It's really sad.
1: But then I get to tell the great story about Shostakovich and Rostropovich just hanging out.
0: There you go. We can do a cello episode.
1: Just, just, just shorts. Just Matt telling hilarious stories about, or what I think are hilarious stories about famous cellists. Sure. Um, oh, the other thing I want to mention about Stravinsky and Schoenberg is yeah. that I love that they both incited such intense criticism of their works, like of their like own from, works. You know, like they, of well, each I mean,
0: other's or of their own no, works. No,
1: just in general, like their works, like just pissed so many people oh, off. Both of them oh, separately. Yeah, yeah they yeah. started. Like, I mean. Riot is a little extreme for what happened with the premiere of Rite of Spring. Yeah. But Schoenberg definitely actually did start a riot at one point in Vienna, which it, it because it was in Vienna, because it's a far more conservative mm-hmm. city. Yep. And so he actually still, if you go to like the Schoen, there's a Schoenberg society in Vienna. And like, if you go, you'll get it. Like, and you have a ticket, it, it says like, no, like, no whistling no clapping like you like during the performance or anything like you will be kicked out because like it's been such a problem and for those of you that maybe don't spend haven't spent any time in europe whistling is is a sign of extreme derision it is not good to be whistled oh oh no in in, uh in in uh european audiences okay Um,
0: that's good to know
1: but uh yeah, they uh or at least in Germanic audiences, I don't know, broadly speaking. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: At Con- least there. Concert carrots um,
0: over there is oh it's 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 just different and it's always kinda it strange. I, is, I, they
1: don't stand up and I love that. Yeah, I love that yeah. they don't do standing <laughs> ovations. It's my favorite thing. No, I don't want to stand up. Just, uh, I, I, don't wanna, I don't I don't wanna uh, um, fun, no, but like just yeah. like the yeah, definitely they both incited like pretty intense reactions which honestly hey at least it, you know it got it's, got a, it's it got a reaction
0: It's got a reaction which is hey no that's what it means but that, it's provocative Gets <laughs> <laughs> the people
1: going
0: did you realize you just quoted blades of glory uh
1: no i i i quoted uh a certain uh, a song uh people in paris
0: all right, I'm sa- I'm sending you a YouTube clip after this of uh, of I don't know of,
1: which uh, came first, but anyway,
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So these two did the thing. They both died. Schoenberg died first. Stravinsky then after. I don't know how long. Um, again, these are all things we can look up. But I figured these
1: are all things that you can look up very Bing. easily, listener um bingo because anyone who tells you you have to have this stuff memorized is on a is tenured for about 40 years at a a music school
0: probably yep exactly um yeah i i just thought i don't know it's it's an interesting look at modernism in music i guess broadly speaking um and different camps of that it's it's almost hard for me to throw Stravinsky into that like group of modernism because I truly think he was just like just big vibing a lot of times when he was writing music and where Schoenberg was more or less like like there's a um there's a there's a story or a tale where he's like someone ran into him waiting in the parking lot while his like wife was in the um, grocery store or something. And it was just there like. Writing tone rows out, and it's just like, <laughs> dude, like, <laughs> just like being a fucking nerd, uh, and fucking nerds, man. Uh, and like, I, I respect, I really do respect it to an extent because he really was a master of his craft. And like, I think until the day he died, he wasn't satisfied with, like, you know, always trying to find like something new or creative that he could be doing, but um, it definitely opened the window. For better or worse, for a lot of those in uh, you know the the mid the true mid twentieth century, when we get into the fifties with like other modernists, and then um, and then new complexity, which that's a that's a different conversation. Maybe we could do an episode on new complexity because it's kind of interesting. Um, it's but different. We can also. <laughs> Thank modernism for minimalism because it was a direct reaction to it. So, you know, we got there eventually, but, you know,
1: thank you for giving me minimalism. Yeah, that's all I that's what I wanted. Yeah.
0: So, you know, for those who I've wanted for those who don't (laughs) like modernism, but you like minimalism, you gotta you gotta
1: pay, you know,
0: give credit where credit's due.
1: Uh, I just keep, don't have like bad things to say about either of them.
0: I don't either, really. Um I like them both a lot. I think that they every every I I am after I've
1: like trashed Tchaikovsky. <laughs> like, you know, like, I like both of these like
0: things. <laughs> um <laughs> late romantic composers are always on the table to be <laughs> scorned. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, and maybe we continue this conversation with that, but, um,
1: yeah. Um, I don't know. You got got any closing remarks? No, my closing remark was that they both, you know, got, got people out of the seats. You know, that's, that's what I like to see. True.
0: Yeah. And I, I feel that like I, if there's, I at the very least always want to just try and get a reaction out of you know an audience get something visceral right
1: a visceral reaction
0: right you know why why i don't know that's what i want as an audience member but uh maybe not everybody wants that
1: i just want to be kept awake (laughs) that's that that's like goal one with any any piece i shouldn't (laughs) fall asleep during it
0: uh related but not related i was uh, recording a live stream for a concert and it was between this per it was like between movements or between like songs that this person was doing i hear the sound and i'm like oh my god is someone snoring in the audience and dead ass somebody some dude was snoring so loud you could hear it like over like the room mics in the hall
1: are you sure it wasn't me (laughs) are are you sure
0: dude it was it was i felt i was like what the hell are you serious Anyway, don't fall asleep at concerts, folks. Um,
1: don't program pieces that make people fall asleep either. I'm looking at you, Mahler9. I'm Ooh. looking at you,
0: shooting, shooting shots over here, shooting shots. Um, add us on Instagram or Twitter or wherever. Um, whatever socials you do, those are pretty much the only two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Or don't I don't know. Um, find us if in real.
1: Your parents just send do us mail.
0: Um, we, we don't
1: have a PO box.
0: We're working on that PO box between the two of us. That's this oh yeah, d- we <laughs> have to
1: put basically in Eau Claire. <laughs> That's where we're putting this PO box. No, Madison, Madison. Right? Yeah,
0: it's like I said, it's going to be some bumfuck's like town in like southwestern Wisconsin. It might even be Iowa. No, it's definitely going to be Wisconsin. somewhere. It's definitely
1: going to be in Wisconsin
0: but yeah somewhere and then
1: you know just we can put it in rockford which is a bum fuck town <laughs> i hate rockford it's such a shit city
0: i haven't spent more time there than i've ever had to
1: neither have i and i hate it <laughs> yeah uh anyway great um, yeah cheers this was fun yeah oh people enjoyed it
0: And anybody disagree with us or agree with us or whatever, hit us up. Um, If you like what you hear, spread the good word.
1: If you don't spread the bad word, spread the word,
0: just get the reaction, right?
1: (laughs) Hey, if you hate, listen, that's the same. (laughs) One stream is one stream, baby.
0: (laughs) All right. Cheers folks. We'll see you later. Bye.